You are listening to episode 503 of the Latina Mom Legacy podcast. If you could introduce your kids to one amazing Latino dish from Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Puerto Rico, Uruguay, or Venezuela, which would it be and why? Get ready for part two of this epic culinary adventure as we explore from the traditions of Mexico to the delights of Puerto Rico. Listen as Latina moms share their personal stories and favorite platos they like to pass down. Hope you don't get too hungry as you immerse yourself in Latin American cuisine and get inspired to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month repleto de delicias. Yo, a bilingual parenting educator, author, and multilingual parenting mom, Jenny Perez, te invito as we take a closer look. Así que no te lo pierdas. Hola, hola. ¿Cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that life is treating you kind. Welcome to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez, coming to you from Jersey, Jersey in the house. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so I got to share with you what you, my listeners, favorite dishes are to pass down that you shared with me. But first, I want to make sure that if you want to connect with me, that you can find me on Instagram at me legacy, spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. Send me a DM. Let's connect. Let's Let's chat sin pena, okay? Sin pena. You can also visit milegacy.com if you want to get your hand on additional resources and recommendations like books. I have the blogs there. I have free courses, all that good stuff on bilingual parenting. You can check that out. Or you can sign up to be on La Lista and get the weekly newsletter where you'll get printables sent to your inbox, community and event updates, the latest in bilingualism or bilingual parenting news, all sorts of good stuff. So that's probably the easiest way to know what's going on. I also want to give a shout out to you, the Latina mom, the multicultural mom that is listening in one of 73, 73 countries. I especially want to thank you that are listening in Cali, in Texas, in New Jersey, in Canada, Germany, the UK, and Norway. Quick shout out to my new audio engineer, Jose. Jose is making the podcast sound amazing. So Jose is also Latino coming from Argentina. Así que mil gracias, Jose. So I have news for you. Tomorrow is my birthday and I am turning 30 years old. <laughs> okay, mentira, mentira. I'm turning 45. <laughs> I'm turning 45 years old. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't feel a day over 32. I really don't. Age is just a number. And my day job and this and the kids, everything keeps me young. So all good. All good in the hood. All good. My 40th birthday gift was the podcast. That was my birthday gift. And the very first episode, I mentioned that that was my gift to myself. For, to, I was entering my 40s with the podcast. And here I am at 45 years young. And I'm still going. I'm still pushing the podcast. And I love it. I absolutely love it. We've grown so much. And I've connected with so many moms. And I hope to continue to inspire you and motivate you to raise bilingual and multilingual children so that you can really change their future for the better. And not just their future, but your family's future as well. So, aquí sigo pa'lante, sigo pa'lante. This year, I decided that for my birthday, I want to give myself the gift of dance classes because I love to dance. So, I missed the sign-up deadline, though. <laughs> mom brain. So I have to wait for the next classes to start. I think they're going to start in October. So we'll see. But yeah, I definitely, whether it's salsa, bachata, tango, I don't care. I just want to be in a social setting and dancing. That makes me really happy. And I'm a firm believer that you have to do more of what makes you happy. So a bailar. <laughs> what else is going on? So Victoria, I told you she started hockey. She started her Bulgarian school. We started Spanish this week. So yes, jam-packed uh, schedule. And then, esa muchachita mama 
funny. So in school, they're doing like, I guess like they do like music class or like they can have an option to like pick band or strings. So she decided that she was going to join the string class and they practice in school, which is good. But out of all the instruments that she picked, out of all the instruments, she picked cello. And nothing wrong with cello, except, I mean, I'm 45 years old. This thing is bigger than her and is it going to fit in the car is my question. We already have like this ginormous hockey bag. What's going to happen when she has hockey and she has music practice? But I told her we'll try it out and see how it goes because it's a lot. And I understand that she's kind of like me, want to do everything. Yeah, but no se puede as much as you want. So we'll see. We'll see how. But this is going to happen during school hours. So hopefully it'll be fine. Actually, an interesting fact, believe it or not music like people that learn music the brain what happens in the brain is very similar to what happens in bilingual children's brains like the same areas get activated so music activates both sides of the brain as does bilingualism or learning multiple languages so hopefully it'll help her in her cognitive development and i know that my musician husband is ecstatic that she's starting music so we'll see how it goes i'll keep you posted today we're continuing with part two of the latino dishes to pass down. As I mentioned in the previous episode, all the information that I've gathered has been via the interwebs, via Wikipedia, via websites. So please, if there is anything that is incorrect, just hit me up, let me know just so I can make any corrections. I also didn't include Paraguay because I haven't had a Latina mom from Paraguay yet. So if you're a Latina mom from Paraguay and you want to be interviewed and you want to share your Latino dishes and you want to be added to the episode, hit me up because I will add you to the episode. Okay, so what I've learned in doing this research is that most Latino countries have some sort of arroz con frijoles dish. We all have like some sort of tamal, arroz con leche or dulce de leche. We also love our carbs <laughs> and we're not big on vegetarian diets. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so what are your favorite dishes to pass down? Let's see what you have to say. So or party of four shared that she loves Cuban ropa vieja. And I will say I have to agree because it's delicious. Live Your Purpose shared that her favorite meals from Puerto Rico are pernil, arroz con gandules, pasteles, ensalada de papa y macarrones y flan de queso. She's making us hungry. Now, my favorite dish to pass down to my daughter has got to be natilla y buñuelos, which is not really a dish. It's kind of like something that we make for Christmas that is a must-have. It's something that my dad used to do and it comes with a lot of community because you make them, you hand them out to your neighbors. It's such a beautiful tradition and that's something that I would love for Victoria to continue. So that's my favorite dish. Let's check out some additional dishes. Espero que te guste and I hope you don't get too hungry. Ciao, ciao. We're starting our journey with Honduras. Honduran cuisine is a delectable blend of Mesoamerican, Spanish, Caribbean, and African influences. Notable dishes include sopa de caracol, fried fish, tamales, carne asada, and baleadas. Breakfast is hearty, featuring fried eggs, refried beans, avocado, and tortillas, accompanied by renowned Honduran coffee. Mmm, sounds like my type of breakfast. Street vendors offer baleadas, a folded flour tortilla filled with beans, cheese, and more, and tamalitos de lote. Sopa de caracol 
a conch soup cooked in coconut milk is also a standout. Carneada, often referred to as a plato típico, is regarded as one of Honduras' national dishes. This culinary delight, similar to the Mexican carne asada, transcends mere food. It transforms into a vibrant social event accompanied by drinks and music, all centered around the joyous feasting on barbecued meat, typically with rice and beans and fried green plantain. Delicious. Fried Johoa fish served with pickled red cabbage and plantains is a coastal delight. Corn tortillas are a Honduran staple used in dishes like tacos fritos and enchiladas. In Tegucigalpa, the capital, you can explore a diverse dining scene with influences from Asia, India, and the Middle East, offering a variety of culinary experiences. Latina mom Jancy Contreras shares her favorite Honduran dish to pass down. Check it out. ¿Qué plato típico latino le gustaría pasarles a tus hijos? Chiles rellenos. ¡Uy, qué rico! <risa> ¿Pero ese es mexicano o ese es hondureño? Es, es mexicano. ¿Por qué están tan cocinados? <risa> ¿Ya te aprendiste la receta? <risa> mi, mi esposo me la dio y son mis favoritos. Ay, qué rico, qué rico. Y plato hondureño, ¿qué le gustaría pasar a tus hijos? Um, una sopa de mondongo. Oh. I don't like mondongo. No, no, a mí me encantaba el mondongo hasta que cuando fui creciendo me di cuenta que era el mondongo y, uh -huh. y ahora, nah, ahora yo... Uh. Bueno, déjame, déjame cambiar esa porque a mis hijos no les gusta ahorita que lo piensen. Uh, me gustaría heredarles los pastelitos. Uy, ¿cómo hacen ustedes los pastelitos? ¿Son como de, de hojaldre o, o no? No, son tortillas delgaditas de maíz con uh -huh. arroz que se prepara con pollo. Es, lo deshace un poco, quedan pequeños pedacitos y lo desazona el arroz. Y una uh -huh. vez sazonado el arroz, se pone en el medio de la tortilla, se dobla por mitad y se fríe. Y se acompaña con repollo y una salsita. Uy, eso queda rico. Uy, eso suena rico. <risa> You can listen to Jancy's full empowering interview in episode 404. Cinco claves para organizar tu hogar un paso a la vez. Five tips to organize your home one step at a time. Next in this journey, we have Mexico. Mexican cuisine is a vibrant tapestry woven with flavors and traditions that trace back to Mesoamerican roots. It features indigenous ingredients like maize, turkey, beans, squash, cocoa, and chili peppers, all of which have left a profound impact on the nation's culinary identity. European influences introduced meats, dairy products, rice, sugar, olive oil, and fruits to the Mexican kitchens, while African and Asian influences from the slave trade enriched the cuisine even further. This culinary journey offers offers Latina moms raising bilingual and bicultural kids a chance to explore history and culture through food. Here are some key elements of Mexican cuisine. Corn plays a central role in Mexican cuisine as exemplified by the ever-present tortilla, which accompanies nearly every meal. Beyond heat, chili peppers contribute diverse flavors and complexity to Mexican spices, featured prominently in sauces and salsas. Beans and rice. Beans, particularly pinto and black turtle beans, provide a crucial protein source when paired with maize. Rice complements them nutritionally. Spanish contributions brought sugar, wheat, and various meats, creating a fusion of flavors in Mexican cuisine. Street food in Mexico is full of vibrant flavors that satisfies cravings and fosters communities. It includes tacos, quesadillas, tamales, pambazos, alambres, and more, providing an opportunity to enjoy a meal without formalities. In Mexico City, the capital's culinary scene reflects influences from across Mexico, with street cuisine offering diverse delights. From 
barbacoa to mole sauces and pre-Hispanic dishes with insects, Mexico City is a gastronomic hub. Because Mexican cuisine is so diverse by region, we're going to check out some of the regions. Chiapas. In this Mexican region, corn is a dietary staple. Tamales are wrapped in banana or hoja santa leaves and flavored with ingredients like chipilín. While pozol is a popular corn-based beverage infused with cacao. And tascalate is a regional drink made from powdered maize, corn beans, achiote, chilies, pine nuts, and cinnamon. Accompanied by favored meats like beef, pork, and chicken, often served with vegetables such as squash, chayote, and carrots. Northern Mexico. With its arid climate and ranching heritage, this region specializes in beef dishes like machata, arrachera, and cabrito. It's a cheese haven with varieties like queso fresco and queso menonita. Mmm. Yum. Oaxaca. Known for its seven mole varieties and the use of pasilla oaxaqueña, chilhuacles, chiscotzlets, and costeño peppers. I apologize if I butchered that. Oaxacan cuisine is a treasure trove of flavors. Corn takes various forms and chocolate is a prominent ingredient. Notable dishes include tlayudas, tasajo, enmolados, and enfrijolados. And you also need to take a pronunciation class. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Western Mexico. States like Michoacán, Jalisco, and Colima offer rich flavors rooted in cultural traditions. Michoacán, influenced by Purepecha culture, boasts a variety of corn-based dishes and unique sausages. Jalisco is renowned for birria and tortas ahogadas, while Colima contributes to the regional cuisine with dishes like birria and chilayo. In the vicinity of Guadalajara lies Tonalá, renowned for its pozole, a hominy stew with a historical anecdote claiming it was originally concocted, listen to this, with human flesh for ritual purposes in the 16th century. Could also be puro chisme. <laughs> Veracruz. Veracruz cuisine blends indigenous Afro-Mexican and Spanish influences featuring staples like corn and vanilla, indigenous herbs such as acuyo and hoja santa, a variety of tropical fruits and European herbs like parsley and cilantro. Seafood is prominent due to its gulf location with its star dish, the huachinago a la veracruzana. Whoa. <laughs> While rice is flavored over corn with dishes like garnaches available in mountain areas with strong indigenous influence. The Pacific Coast and Baja California. The coastal region specializes in seafood dishes cooked with European spices and chiles. Marlin, swordfish, snapper, shrimp, and octopus dominate the menu. Yucatan. This region blends Mayan, Caribbean, European, and Middle Eastern influences and is distinct from the rest of the country. Corn remains a staple and achiote imparts unique flavors. Bitter oranges and honey add tanginess and sweetness. Cochinita pibil, lime suit, and seafood dishes like mero are highlights. Let's talk about desserts. Mexican dessert culture evolved with the introduction of sugar and European influences. Notable desserts include churros, rice pudding, cakes, and fruit treats. Chocolate, once consumed as a warm syrup, is now used in various forms. Fruit-based desserts, often featuring native and foreign fruits, offer natural sweetness and refreshment. Corn in Mexico is not just a food, but also a key ingredient in various beverages. Atole, a hot beverage, is based on corn and can be flavored with fruit, chocolate, rice, or other flavors. Fermented corn gives rise to cold drinks like tejuino and pozol. Mexican beverages also include aguas frescas made from fruit, hibiscus, iced tea, tamarindo drinks, which I love, and horchata, which I also love. Chocolate has historical significance significant in Mexican cuisine with a frothy, bitter drink known as, I don't know if I'm saying this right, chocuatil, originating from cacao. Alcoholic options include tequila, mezcal, and pulque, while rompope, a creamy beverage, traces its roots to Mexican convents. Very interesting. Let's talk about Mexican cuisine in the U.S. Mexican cuisine
cuisine in the U.S. draws inspiration from Native American and Hispano traditions. Dishes like breakfast burritos, chili con carne, and chimichangas represent Tex-Mex cuisine. Authentic Mexican food is gaining popularity among the Mexican-American population. And fusion dishes like Korean tacos have even emerged in urban areas. And I've had them, and they're actually yummy. For Latina moms raising bilingual, bicultural, multicultural kids, exploring Mexican cuisine is a flavorful and fascinating journey that connects history, culture, and family through delicious traditions. I have three amazing Mexican sister moms from Little Dreamers Publishing sharing their favorite Mexican dishes to pass down. Check it out. We'll start with you, Nadia. What traditional Latino dish do you want to pass down to your kids and why? One of the traditional platos uh, that I want to pass on to my daughters is how to make pozole. My husband mm-hmm. loves pozole every time, every occasion, pozole, pozole. <laughs> and so um, my daughter, my oldest one, she'll see me as I'm making the pozole and she'll know exactly what the next step is. So she already has, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. And so I think just from her um, watching me cook, um, hopefully uh, that'll be part of her also tradition with her own little family. So yes, pozole, 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 yeah. Mexican pozole. <laughs> what about you, Nidia? What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? So I have two. What the way that my mom makes tamales and the salsa she makes, I think I've been able to master the salsas to to the way that it tastes, the way that my mom makes the salsa and the tamales. They're incredible. And then the other <laughs> is <laughs> the other is Oaxacan style mole. My mother-in-law it makes an incredibly rich and spicy mole that I have not tasted anywhere else, and it's just. It's, spicy very tasty spiciness I don't I I always tell my husband to to get the recipe from my my mother-in-law but she, he's always too busy but that is one of the best best and and I I have been able to make the the mole with her on occasions but I don't have the exact recipe of how she makes it and uh, it's just it's delicious and let me tell you when you learn a traditional dish from your mother-in-law your husband and your kids will appreciate it so much. Nayeli, what about you? What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? What I like to pass on, what dish is taquitos dorados y las enchiladas. They're my favorite. I don't know. My mom tiene un sazón when she makes a salsa that, oh my goodness, I miss it. Um, so yeah, that's what I want to do. Y ayer hice, I made taquitos dorados. I'm like, hmm, but it, it was missing. It was missing that salsa that my mom, that my mom makes. So I'm still perfecting the salsa. <laughs> so one day it'll taste just exactly like my mom. And every time that she makes it and I taste her taquitos, oh my goodness, it takes me back to my childhood. I don't know why. It just takes to, to my home, to, to my parents' home, which is my home. And it's just, it's just yummy. <laughs> so not only was she, is she a, a great mom, she's a great cook, obviously, because all three of you picked three different dishes, <laughs> which is very interesting. You can listen to Nadia, Nidia, and Nayeli's full interview in episode 318, How Three Latina Sisters Are Changing the Bilingual Book Landscape. 
Nicaraguan cuisine is full of flavors and ingredients, reflecting its diverse cultural influences. Corn, rice, and beans serve as dietary staples, with corn being a particularly vital component in various dishes such as nacatamal and indio viejo. This versatile grain is not only used in savory dishes, but also in beverages like pinolillo and chicha, as well as sweets and desserts, showcasing its importance in Nicaraguan cuisine. In addition to corn, rice and beans are commonly featured in Nicaraguan meals, often enjoyed together even for breakfast in the form of gallo pinto. These two staples provide a substantial source of sustenance for many Nicaraguans. However, Nicaraguan cuisine isn't limited to these basics. It also incorporates a wide range of vegetables such as cabbage, carrots, beets, plantains, and more, adding variety and nutrition to the diet. Some meals even include edible flowers as a delightful and colorful addition. The cuisine takes advantage of the region's abundance of fruits, some of which are unique to Nicaragua due to its geographical location. These fruits are often transformed into refreshing beverages known as frescos, similar to aguas frescas in other Latin American countries. Popular flavors include melón, tamarindo, papaya, guayaba, guanábana, mm, coconut, pineapple, and pitaya, offering a delightful array of choices for quenching one's thirst. Among these, pinolillo stands out as a beloved drink among Nicaraguans, earning them the affectionate nickname pinoleros. Nicaraguan cuisine also boasts a selection of alcoholic beverages, with rum being a significant player. Brands like Flor de Caña and Ron Plata are both widely consumed and crucial for Nicaragua's export industry. These rums serve as the base for popular cocktails like the Nica Libre and the Macua. Beer is another common alcoholic beverage in Nicaragua, with well-known brands like Toña and Victoria being favorite among locals. And it's funny because my mom's nickname is Toña and my daughter's name is Victoria. <laughs> Nicaraguan mom and optometrist Dr. Ana Vargas shares her favorite dish to pass down. Check it out. Finish this sentence. Growing up Latina, I... I love food. <laughs> of course. Yes, food is such a big part of our culture because it brings people together, um, celebrate. I feel like it's such a big part of our culture. On that note, what Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? Ooh, I would love to pass down, it's a Nicaraguan dish called bajo. And oh, what's it, that? It's brisket meat mm -hmm. that is pretty much slow cooked for like eight hours. And it's brisket with yuca and plantains that are all in the same pot and is, is steamed and it's really delicious. Oh, it sounds delicious. You can listen to Dr. Ana's full interview and learn a lot about eye health in episode 222, how increased screen time affects your family's eye health, what you need to know. This episode is brought to you by The Language Grove. Are you looking for a preschool that offers your child a unique and enriching learning experience in Spanish? Well, let me introduce you to The Language Grove. Nestled in the heart of North Hills, California, San Fernando Valley, The Language Grove believes in instilling the love of learning in each of their unique students where creativity and curiosity take center stage. Children get to experience their Spanish immersion program led by fluent native speakers. Little minds step into their outdoor classroom where nature becomes a third teacher providing a rich academic and nurturing experience. The Language Grove embraces child-based learning, nurturing their natural curiosity, and fostering a lifelong love of discovery. Whether your child is 18 months or six years old, they have a program tailored to their unique developmental needs. Don't wait and join the community of learners at The Language Grove, the only all-Spanish immersion preschool program located in North Hills, California. 
Get 10% off tuition for the first six months when you mention the Latina Mom Legacy. Visit thelanguagegrove.com to learn more about their curriculum, philosophy, and to schedule a tour. The Language Grove, where learning comes alive in Spanish. Next in our adventure is Panama. Panamanian cuisine is a fusion of diverse cultural influences, making it a captivating journey for any Latino home. As Panama serves as a bridge between continents, its culinary offerings are a rich mix of flavors and traditions. The essence of Panamanian cuisine lies in its unique blend of African, Spanish, and Native American techniques. It's a reflection of the country's multicultural population, resulting in a medley of tropical fruits, vegetables, and herbs. Common ingredients include maize, rice, plant contains yuca, beef, chicken, pork, and seafood, while the flavors of achiote and ají chombo are commonly used in Panamanian cuisine. These staples form the foundation of mouthwatering dishes that any family will love. Arroz con camarones y coco mm, is a delectable combination of rice, shrimp, and coconut milk. Carimañolas or yuca-stuffed empanadas with savory beef are also delicious. And don't miss the iconic sancocho, a comforting and hearty stew. Panamanian sweets include huevitos de leche, bocadillos, or manjar blanco, a sweet milk dessert that's a true Panamanian classic. During special occasions like Christmas, families enjoy festive dishes like chicken tamales and ron ponche as they create lasting memories with their families. Multilingual Mexican and Panamanian mom Stephanie Salas shares her favorite dish to pass down. Though it's not from Panama, it's still near and dear to her heart. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your children and why? I guess it's very close to my heart, the chilaquiles that I ate in Mexico growing up. And I tried to make them, but without spicy for them. And my son doesn't like the texture. So hopefully he will grow into it <laughs> as he grows up. That's so hard because like there are things that I love that my daughter Victoria hates. And I'm like, no. It's like, why? It's so good. You know, why? I'm like, I need to pass down something that she likes. But everything that I love, she's like, and hopefully as she gets older, like maybe her taste buds will change. But I'm like, no te gustan las arepas, no te gusta el aguacate, what? Yes, it's like, it's, they're so good, arepas, aguacate, what? Why? No, I know, I know the struggle. My son is very picky. You can listen to Stephanie's full interview in episode 472, How to Raise Multilingual Children Easily and Effortlessly. Next in our culinary travels, we have Peru. Peruvian cuisine invites Latina moms to embark on a culinary journey that's not just about food, but also about culture, history, and flavorful blends of traditions. The history of Peruvian cuisine is a colorful mix, deeply woven with the threads of indigenous traditions, the impact of Spanish colonialism, and the enriching influences of African and Asian immigrants. It's a history that's waiting to be discovered. This culinary journey might introduce you to nutrient-packed superfoods like quinoa, Cañiwa and maca. These ancient ingredients have gained international recognition and are even part of NASA astronaut meals. However, their popularity has also led to challenges for indigenous communities. Peru's diverse geography translates into an equally diverse cuisine. Along the coast, you'll savor seafood delights like ceviche. In Lima, a vibrant melting pot, you can explore Italian Chinese, also known locally as chifa, and Japanese culinary influences. The city's bakeries alone are a testament to its culinary diversity. 
diversity. In Indian Highlands, traditional ingredients like corn and potatoes and tubers take center stage in plates like papas a la huancaina. You might even encounter dishes featuring indigenous animals like alpacas and guinea pigs. Maybe not my dishes. <laughs> you may want to try a pachamanca where meats and herbs slow cook underground on heated stones. In the Amazon rainforest, the cuisine draws inspiration from the region's rich biodiversity. You'll discover exotic fish, fruits, and dishes like Juane and Chapo that are unlike anything you've tasted before. I'm curious now. Each region of Peru contributes to its own specialties. From Chalona in Puno to Ocopa in Arequipa, these regional dishes offer a glimpse into local traditions. Peruvian pollo a la brasa is also one of my personal favorites and is one of the most consumed foods in Peru. Another staple is lomo saltado, a sliced beef stir fry with veggies and fries served with rice because one can never have too many carbs, right? <laughs> Peruvian desserts are a sweet conclusion to your culinary adventure. Alfajores, turrones, and lucuma-based treats are some of the most delectable options to satisfy any sweet tooth. Traditional soft drinks like chicha morada and inca cola are popular, while alcoholic drinks like pisco lead the way and regional beers like cusqueña offer a refreshing taste of local culture. Food is an integral part of Peruvian culture and heritage. Certain dishes like turron de Doña Pepa hold deep cultural connections, especially during the Señor de los Milagros celebration. Food is more than just sustenance, it's a source of national pride and identity. Peruvian cuisine invites you and your kids to embark on a sensory journey that celebrates diversity, history, and the joys of exploring new flavors. It's a chance to connect with your bicultural heritage through the universal language of food. Peruvian mom Ada Stamper shares with us her favorite dish to pass down, and she's going to make us hungry. Check it out. ¿Cuál plato latino o peruano te gustaría dejarle a tus hijos y por qué? Hay uno nada más. <risa> el más. Si tienes que dejar uno, ¿cuál sería? Mira, mañana vamos a celebrar el cumpleaños de Joaquín. Me pidió que le haga arroz con pollo. El arroz con pollo <risa> el nuestro. Vaya, cada dos países tienen algo similar, el nombre, pero uh -huh. la preparación es completamente diferente. Nosotros sí, lo hacemos sí. en base al cilantro, el culantro, le decimos culantro. Y la papa guancaína, que es en base al ají amarillo. Y él quiere comer causa, la causa rellena. Espérate, espérate. Vamos a empezar con la papa, porque a mí me encanta comer y a mí me encanta lo de, de, como la parte favorita del programa mío. ¿La papa es qué? ¿A la qué? A la guancaína. A la guancaína. ¿Y uh -huh. qué es eso? Es en base a queso fresco, leche, galleta de soda, uh -huh. ají amarillo, aceite, sal, pimienta, ajos y todo se pone en licuadora y hace una cremita como si fuese una mayonesa. Entonces uno sancocha la papa, se pone la cremita encima de la papa en rodajas, se pone la rodaja, se pone la cremita, se sirve con una rodaja de huevo y aceituna, una base de lechuga. Eso vendría a ser una entrada, un appetizer. Ay, qué rico suena eso. Entonces la papa es en rodajas con la cremita esa. Oh my God, that sounds delicious. Yeah, esa es una appetizer. Y el otro appetizer que quiere es causa de rellena. También es papa. Papa. En los Perú tenemos una variedad de más de 4.000 tipos de papas. Oh, wow. Entonces, sí, la mayoría de nuestra comida es papa, arroz, carne, pollo. Papa, papa, papa para todo. Y ah, comemos bastante pan. Muchos carbohidratos, por eso somos gorditos, pero... <risa> Sí, y, 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 sí, pero en Perú hacen el pollo muy rico, porque a mí me encanta el pollo que hacen por acá hay restaurantes. El pollo a la brasa. Oh, muy rico, pero le echan un sazón muy especial, muy diferente. Sí. 
y que cada cosa se le deja marinar. Entonces la causa rellena es ancocha la papa, la aplastas y una vez de ser aplastado, las sazonas con limón, el ají amarillo, aceite, sal, pimienta, todo se hace una masa para que se mezcle bien y de ahí se pone una franja o layer of potato de eso. El relleno es pollo deshilachado con verduritas ancochadas, rejita, zanahoria en cuadraditos, si quieres le puede agregar un poquito de cebolla para que vaya ese crunchy y huevo picadito bien pequeñito. Todo se meja con mayonesa y luego se echa el filling ahí. Ay, qué y lo otro, otro layer de potato, lo decoras con más huevitos, más perejil encima y ya está. Ya tengo hambre aquí. To listen to Ada's enlightening and heartwarming interview, listen to episode 471, Cuando no crías hijos que hablen tu idioma natal. Next up, we have Puerto Rico. A comer pastel, a comer lechón, a arroz con gandules, a beberrón. <laughs> Known locally as Cocina Criolla, Puerto Rican cuisine represents a captivating blend of Spanish essence and indigenous roots. This culinary heritage serves as a historical window into the island's beginnings. In Puerto Rico, you uncover ingredients like yuca, yautía, ñame, which have their origins in the Taino people's culinary practices. These elements connect families to Puerto Rico's historical and cultural heritage, adding layers to their narrative. Families can savor the exquisite flavors of arroz con dulce, a delightful rice pudding infused with coconut milk and a medley of spices. Or they can indulge in flan, a luscious caramel custard adorned with a hint of breadfruit and sesame seeds. The African influence becomes apparent with coconuts, okra, and pigeon peas. Delve into the world of chuchifritos, dishes that carry the legacy of deep frying techniques passed down through generations. Exploring different regions reveal culinary treasures like seti, a beloved white bait of Arecibo, and the seafood delights of coastal towns like Luquillo and Fajardo. At the heart of Puerto Rican dishes lie sofrito, yes, sofrito, a magical blend of garlic, tomatoes, onions, and a medley of aromatic herbs and spices. It's more than a flavor, it's a story waiting to be discovered and waiting to sazonar your pollo, your carne, everything. During things Thanksgiving and Christmas, Puerto Rican cuisine shines with unique delights like tembleque, a velvety coconut-based pudding, and the cherished pasteles, bundles of flavorful dough with surprises inside. Let's not forget the loved coquito, mm, which has become a staple in our home thanks to our Puerto Rican neighbor. Families can savor chocolate caliente, a spiced hot chocolate crowned with clouds of whipped cream, and explore rustic kiosks or kioscos where they can sample delectable snacks and signature drinks. Even outside of the island, Puerto Rican flavors linger. In New York, families encounter cuchifritos, a plethora of pork dishes, while in Chicago the jibarito, a plantain sandwich with a captivating history is a must-have. And I will tell you, I've had them in Chicago and they are amazing. Puerto Rican mom and founder of We Are Rooted Box, a Puerto Rican inspired subscription box for families, Marimer Maldonado Hilker, shares her favorite Puerto Rican dishes to pass down. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your daughter and why? So similar to like the traditions, it's not the big ones, it's the small things, right? Because everybody would talk about pernil, tostones, and you will find that everywhere. But it's like the daily things that my mom would cook, like arroz con salchicha that you would eat on a random <laughs> Tuesday. She doesn't know that. Or for him, we actually would do him with pineapple and arroz con cebolla. So 
Arroz con cebolla. What is arroz con cebolla? I've never heard of that. Oh, it's like French onion soup, bacon and rice and uh, beef. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a recipe. It's delicious. So it might not be like the most Puerto Rican thing, but it's the small things that I don't want her to miss. The details. It's on the details. You can listen to Marimer and the full episode in episode 306, Pivoting and Finding Purpose in a Bilingual Kids Puerto Rican Box. Next on this culinary adventure, we have Uruguay. Uruguayan cuisine is a harmonious blend of Mediterranean flavors from Spain, Italy, Portugal, and France, with hints of German and Scottish influences brought by immigrants. This mix of culinary traditions forms the heart of Uruguayan meals. The country's gastronomy has been shaped by waves of immigration, primarily from Italy. This influence is seen in the presence of popular Italian dishes like lasagna and tortellini. Uruguayan pizza, locally known as pizza or pizza, closely resembles Italian calzone, deviating from its Italian roots. Uruguayan pasta dishes include a special sauce called Caruso sauce made from double cream, meat, onions, ham, and mushrooms, which is loved by locals and sounds delicious. The base of Uruguayan cuisine is meat and animal products, particularly beef, making it a paradise for meat lovers. Asado, a type of barbecue, is the centerpiece of Uruguayan cuisine where various cuts of meats are cooked on a grill. This tradition often involves family gatherings and celebrations. Chimichurri and salsa criolla are essential sauces that complement dishes like the asado, adding zest to the cuisine. Uruguayan salads like ensalada criolla and hearty side dishes like papas al plomo, roasted potatoes, add balance to meals. While there is limited use of native plants and animals in Uruguayan cuisine, yerba mate, a popular drink, is a notable exception. Uruguayan sweets like dulce de leche and alfajores, which are like shortbread cookies filled with dulce de leche, and chaja cake are popular choices for those with a sweet Sweet pastries known as bizcochos have German origins, with favorites like croissants and bolas de fraile, gaining popularity. Traditional Uruguayan drinks include mate and wine, offering a unique taste of the country's culture. Uruguayan cuisine, with its diverse culinary influences and love for barbecue, offers a delicious journey through the flavors of this South American nation. Latina mom and blogger behind NYC Tech Mommy, Monica Encarnacion, shares her favorite food memories and dish to pass down. Check it out. Finish the sentence. Growing up Latina, I... Latina, I... Oh, I ate a lot. I still do. <laughs> I was going to say, I still do. <laughs> because when I think of family and growing up uh, Latina, like so much revolves around food and the, the dinner table, like every holiday, every birthday, you know, every family comes over, we're eating, you know, someone's always cooking. And it's become a big thing. Like now as grownups, like cooking together. Like Thanksgiving, for example, is coming up now. And Thanksgiving is a holiday that my sister and I take over because growing up, my mom always worked on Thanksgiving Day. So my sister and I, as teenagers, started cooking Thanksgiving dinner, for example. And because we're wow. the Americans in the family, you know, my mom is not, <laughs> she's not cooking. She's not making turkey and stuffing. So we kind of like took that on as our holiday and cooked together, my sister and I. Uh -huh. And that came from like the fact that, you know, for Christmas, we cooked together with my mom and we're making maybe the Latino dishes, you know, mm -hmm. but now we're cooking, you know, the American dishes uh, for Thanksgiving. That's, you know, my sister and I cook together. And now we're doing with our daughters. Speaking of food, what traditional Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? Well, empanadas are, I think, the one thing that I would pass down. I don't make them. <laughs> but my mother 
Margaritas and her empanadas, we call them mamitas empanadas because mm. they're like her famous empanadas. Her recipe, only she can make them the way that she does. She, um, they're beef empanadas. They have raisins in them and olive, which yeah. sounds like no, it sounds delicious. Are, you know, <laughs> they are delicious, and I don't, and I've never made them because, or not the way she makes them anyway, because I just know they'll never taste like hers. So <laughs> I, I always tell her she needs to write a cookbook. You know, leave us her cookbook. Her legacy is like her, you know, her food, and um, I would love my because it's just made with so much love too. Like mm-hmm. you're going to mom's house and she's making empanadas. She loves you. So for my kids to like learn to make the empanadas, mm-hmm. you know, grandma's empanadas, which we like, I said we call mamitas empanadas. Mm-hmm. I think would be like super special. If you want a list of toy recommendations, including bilingual ones, listen to any of our annual holiday toy recommendation episodes like episode 224, 329, or 433. Next, we come to Venezuela. Venezuelan cuisine is a captivating blend of indigenous, European, and African influences, offering a diverse array of flavors and textures. We can't talk about Venezuela and not talk about arepas. These versatile corn cakes can be grilled, baked, or fried and filled with ingredients like cheese, meats, veggies, or beans, making them suitable for any meal. My Colombian arepas resemble more like Venezuela's arepas because I love to stuff them with all sorts of stuff, and I make the arepa a meal in its own which is why I love them so much. Empanadas. Savory pastries filled with options like shredded beef, cheese, or seafood. Empanadas are fried to perfection, making them a popular snack or meal. Venezuelan's national dish, Pabellón Criollo, features shredded beef, black beans, white rice, and fried plantains and offers a satisfying mix of flavors and textures, often paired with a zesty cream sauce. Cachapas are sweet corn pancakes served with soft cheese that provide a delightful balance of sweet and savory. Ayacas are labor-intensive tamales filled with meats, raisins, olives, and capers wrapped in banana leaves and are a cherished part of Christmas traditions. Tequeños and cachitos are also popular snacks and finger foods. Guascaca is a creamy avocado-based sauce with garlic and onion, perfect as a condiment for grilled meats or arepas. And if you've ever had arepas from the food truck, make sure to ask for extra on the side. Chicha is a traditional fermented rice or maize drink, sweetened and spiced, and offers a refreshing beverage option. The country's vibrant street food culture features arepas, empanadas, tequeños, and grilled meats, making it an integral part of daily life. Venezuelan cuisine, with its rich culinary heritage and fusion of flavors, is a delightful adventure for food enthusiasts and families offering a taste of the country's diverse cultural influences. Latina mom, psychotherapist, and podcast host behind I Need Un Minuto, Patricia Hidalgo shares her favorite Venezuelan food she'd like to pass down. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're we're food people in this house too. So <laughs> our diet has changed for many reasons, but one of the things that I make that the kids love and that is from Venezuela are arepas, which are, mm-hmm. you know, our cornbread and you know, we make it from scratch and we fill it with anything really. It can be ham, cheese, eggs, avocado, vegetables, and there are many ways to eat it. So the kids (laughs) kids love that, yes. To listen to Patricia's full interview, How Moms Can Recharge in 5 Minutes or Less, listen to episode 305. 
As we conclude this mouthwatering journey through Latin American and Caribbean cuisines, let's savor some of today's key takeaways, especially relevant to bilingual parenting. One, embracing the culinary traditions of Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Puerto Rico, Uruguay, and Venezuela offers an enriching way to introduce your children to the diverse cultures of Latin America. Two, infusing your family meals with the flavors of these countries can be a delightful and interactive language learning experience, allowing your children to explore new words and phrases in multiple languages. Three, food serves as a powerful vessel for preserving and sharing family stories and memories, providing a unique opportunity to connect with your heritage and practice languages while bonding over delicious dishes. Four, celebrating your cultural roots through the dishes you cherish creates a meaningful bilingual experience that fosters a strong connection to your heritage and helps your child connect to the language. Five, even if you don't know how to cook or lack family recipes, you can still learn or create simple recipes that you can pass down to your children, ensuring the tradition lives on for more generations to come. Finally, embrace your cultura Latina or Hispana and let the love for these dishes be a bridge to your language and heritage, not just during Hispanic Heritage Month, but all year round. Thank you for joining me in this two-part celebration of Sabores Latinos, Tradiciones, and Memories that enhance our bilingual and bicultural or multicultural parenting journey. If you'd like today's episode, be sure to follow and leave a positive review on Spotify or Apple podcast. For additional resources, including Latino cookbooks and recipes, visit your show notes or the latinamomlegacy.com. Hasta la próxima. Chao, chao.